Amen. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Psalm 34. Even if you don't have your Bibles, you have your phone, the Bible app, go ahead and just turn to Psalm 34. I'll be reading from the NIV. Before I got, uh, first of all, I just want to thank Jesse and the worship team for leading us in a wonderful worship experience. And wasn't that a good rebound by Jesse when the, when the batteries went out and he got that field? I mean, he's just amazing how quick he was on that. So thank you, Jesse and team, for leading us in that. And before we get into the message as well, I got a few announcements I need to make. Uh, number one is you see the Thanksgiving food right here, the um, the items, the groceries there and in front of the station if you're here on, on campus. And just want to say, yeah, we're doing a Thanksgiving food drive. And, and if you will download that Church Center app that we've been talking about every Sunday, you have all the information. If you get to the Church Center app and hit events, it'll be, all the information is right there for Thanksgiving food bags. But you can um, get your groceries and they need to be returned by Wednesday, November 18th. So return by Wednesday, November 18th, those Thanksgiving food bags. And we're going to bless Marshall and McClure, Antioch, Gateway Houses. I mean, we're trying to get like 200 bags. So we need everyone to participate. And uh, we really want to deliver these bags to, to, to people that could really use them. So November 18th is when they're due. Also, Operation Christmas Child. Uh, we're in the midst of that right now. And we still have boxes out there in the lobby, but Operation Christmas Child, those boxes need to be turned in by next Sunday, November 15th. Next Sunday, November 15th. And then one final announcement is that today we have a great family event that is uh, for all of our families, preschool through fifth grade and our children's ministry. They're going to be out at Camp Lockridge this afternoon from 2.30 to 5.30 with lots of great activities on a beautiful fall day. So uh, that's, that's going on. I hope you guys will take advantage of that as well. So, well, what I want to do is I want to go ahead and jump into our scripture today, Psalm 34. I think this is a, a very amazing passage, a very relevant and applicable passage and what I'd like for us to do, if you wouldn't mind, let's stand for the reading of God's Word this day. I'm just going to read the first eight verses. Let's stand as we read God's Word. This is from David. He writes, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord, let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him, he saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for that. Calling today's message, Seeking Answers. Seeking Answers. And the reason why is David wrote this in a very from a very difficult place where, in which he was seeking what to do. He was going through a very difficult time in which he was seeking what to do, direction and guidance in his life. And by difficult, what I mean is, is that David had kings, not just a king, but kings pursuing him in order to kill him. That's pretty difficult times. One of those kings, of course, was King Saul. We all know the story in 
1 Samuel chapter 17, where David kills Goliath. He kills the Philistine giant with a sling and a stone. The giant falls to the ground. David stands over his body, takes Goliath's sword, cuts off his head, the ultimate act of, of humiliation, and, and, and the giant has fallen. That's 1 Samuel chapter 17. But as the story continues from there, King Saul, the king of Israel, he was getting more jealous, more afraid, more concerned about David because the people of Israel were going, you know, Saul, you've slain your thousands, but David his tens of thousands. So he was very jealous and he tried to kill David multiple times. Well, that sent David on the run. And one of the places that David ran to was a place called Gath. That was a Philistine city. And it happened to be Goliath's hometown, whom he had killed in 1 Samuel 17. This is all in 1 Samuel 21. Uh, yeah, everybody knew that was David. And it didn't help that David was carrying around Goliath's sword. So everybody knew that was Goliath's sword. That's David. Let's go tell the king of Gath that David's here. And it's reported recorded in 1 Samuel 21, verse 12, that David was very much afraid of the king of Gath. This was a difficult, uncertain, terrifying ordeal David was in. What is he going to do? Well, what he ended up doing is that he ended up acting like a madman. He's got saliva running down his beard. He's making these scratches on the city gates and doors of the city gates and He's acting all messed up, and the king of Gath looks at David and basically says, do I not already have enough messed up people in my life? Get him out of here. Drive him away. And so David got out of the situation. Well, David saw this as God's protection, that God guided him and directed him. And it made such an impression that he records these words that we just read in Psalm 34. David wants the world to know, Israel, people, whoever's willing to listen, that God knows what we're going through. He's very much aware of what we're going through. Put your trust in him because he will come through for you. And the verse that summarized the whole thing of what David did in his difficult circumstance was Psalm 34, verse 4, where David said this. David says, I sought the Lord. That's what David did. I sought the Lord. What does that even mean? I sought the Lord. Whenever I think about seeking something, I can't help but think about a childhood game we all played called hide and seek, right? And so if I'm it, I'm the one seeking, what do I do? I'm, I'm trying to find people whose location is not known to me. I'm trying to find people who are hiding. And if I want to thrive in the game, if you will, if I want to win the game, I got to go find people that are hiding. I want you to know when David says, I sought the Lord, a person that's seeking the Lord, it doesn't mean that the Lord is hiding. Did you know that? The Lord is not hiding. His location is no, a person that's seeking the Lord knows where the Lord is. They're just seeking guidance and direction from him in order to put their full trust in that guidance and direction. When David said, I sought the Lord, David knows that the Lord is with him. He just wants to seek his guidance and direction. Even if the Lord tells him to act like a crazy man, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my full trust in that. David could have easily said something else, right? David could have easily said, well, the Lord wants me to act like a madman. I think, I'll, I think I'll seek my own wisdom. He could have said, I sought my own wisdom. 
or I sought to take matters into my own hands. Or maybe I sought revenge. How dare these people of Gath try to kill me? Or maybe I sought more popularity. It's not enough that they're saying I killed tens of thousands. I want them to say I killed hundreds of thousands. So maybe David could have said I sought more popularity, more position, more status, whatever it may be. But no, David is clear. I sought the Lord. What are you seeking? What am I seeking? If I were to say fill in the blank, I sought blank. We know what the answer should be to the Lord, but if I saw like, what would you put in? If you're seeking what to do in a difficult circumstance, if you're seeking what to do in a terrifying situation, you could, or any situation, you could say, well, I sought the internet. I sought the government. I sought the media. I sought the news. Whatever you put in this blank, if it's not the Lord, it will ultimately not come through for you. Only the Lord makes sense to put in this blank. Do we agree? Amen. I, David says, I'm clear about this. What I sought is I sought the Lord. I think I'm in a room full of people right now that agree that, yeah, we got to seek the Lord. But now the question becomes, how do we do that? How do we do that? And obviously one of the answers is prayer because we saw that in verse 6. David said, this poor man called and the Lord heard him. But I want you to know there was more to it for David in seeking the Lord than prayer. And I think there's some things that we can learn from David about what it really means to seek the Lord. Yes, prayer is one of them, but there was more for David. Let's go to verse 1 of this, of this psalm. Look what David says. David says, I will extol the Lord. At all times, even when I'm seeking what to do, I will extol the Lord. Now, what does extol mean? Extol means to praise him. I will worship him. I will proclaim his goodness. I will bless his name. Because when we do that, when we pre get preoccupied with who he is and what he has done, instead of ourselves or what's going on around us, those things, those fears exactly seem to lessen and we can better hear what the Lord is saying to us when we praise him. Every time Jesse leads us in worship, that is so important because what we're doing is we're seeking the Lord together, hearing his voice. And look at what David said. At all times, I will extol the Lord. When? At all times. In the good times, in the bad times, in the well times, in the weary times. 2020 has been a weary time. Doesn't matter. At all times, his praise will always, always be on my lips. If you're serious about seeking the Lord, experiencing him, hearing from him, then not only prayer should be a part of your plan in seeking the Lord, but praise should be a part of seeking the Lord as well, a part of your plan in seeking the Lord. It was crucial, crucial for David in seeking the Lord. But there was more for David than prayer and praise in seeking the Lord. Look at verse 2. David says, I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear. Now, other translations, if you're reading from another translation, it might say my soul boasts in the Lord. A part of seeking the Lord is boasting in the Lord. But what does that mean to glory in the Lord or to to, to boast in the Lord. What does that mean? Now, excuse my illustration here for a minute. I'm just, I'm kind of boasting right now. But as some of you may know, I am from Arkansas. 
And I grew up in Arkansas, went to the University of Arkansas, and so I'm a Razorback fan through and through, okay? That's where my roots are, and we beat Tennessee yesterday, hallelujah, praise God, okay? And so, uh, you know, 2020 has, you know, kind of been a weary time, but one good thing, at least for me, is that the Arkansas Razorbacks are finally playing some football, all right? They're competing and winning some games. And yes, I find myself boasting at home. Now, the only problem with that is that I am married to an OU fan. Now, and every time I make my boast in Arkansas, I got a wife that talks some trash. And so she'll say something like this. She'll say, oh, you're boasting in Arkansas, huh? Well, uh, now, remind me, how many championships has Arkansas won in football? And she knows the answer to that. It's one, and it was before we were ever born, a long time ago. And then she'll say, okay, well, remind me again, how many championships has OU won? And she knows the, I know the answer to that, which is seven. So what is she doing besides getting on my nerves? She's boasting in her team, right? She's bragging. She's showing OU superiority in terms of historical and traditional and iconic football programs. She's showing OU superiority over Arkansas. When she's boasting in OU, I even see some livelihood and joy coming out of her. It's sickening, right? (laughs) It is. So sick. And I, I just hope, because Arkansas is winning some, they're probably going to get whipped next week. They're playing Florida. But right now I can boast in it. But I hope someday that Arkansas and OU can play in a bowl game. Because I tell you, if we win, I will never stop boasting, okay? I will never stop boasting. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, dream on, right. I get you. I get you. That's Carmen up there. I, I hear you. Yeah. I'm going to call you out, yeah. But you're right, dream on, right? Yeah. What does this have to do with glory in the Lord? Well, actually, we can actually learn something from it. When David says, I will boast in the Lord, he's not talking about some get-on-your-nerves annoying boast. But David's saying in his heart, he knows God is superior. He knows that living for God is superior. He knows that God's ways are superior. He's finding his livelihood and his joy in bragging about the Lord in his heart. He's not saying, well, I will, you know what, uh, my boast is in that I killed Goliath. That's not his boast. His boast could have been, well, I will glory in that people are shouting, I've killed my tens of thousands. His boast is not in his abilities and talents and accomplishments. His boast could have been, you know what, I'm an Israelite and those are Gathites. We're, our race is superior than their race. He's not boasting in his race, is he? He could have boasted how moral he was at this time, right? Saul's trying to kill me. I could have taken his life. Look at what a noble person I am. I will boast in my morality. No, he's not boasting in anything but the Lord. And if you want to seek him find him, experience him, you better learn it, I better alone. We need to make our hearts boast in the Lord and the Lord alone, nothing else. Let me tell you something. In this hot political season that we've been in, I have heard from both sides, okay? Both sides. Well, if you vote for Biden, you're not really a Jesus follower. And if you vote for Trump, you're not really a Jesus follower. And I'm going to tell you that's pathetic. 
Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. For you to condemn someone as lost based on their political choice means that the political choice is the God of my salvation. And over and over again in the scriptures, multiple times, it says God is the God of my salvation, not some political candidate. All right? Make your boast in the Lord. I guarantee you when we get to heaven, St. Peter is not going to be at the gate going, okay, before I let you in, now who did you vote for in 2020? Okay, you vote for that candidate, you're going to hell. That's not how it works, I want you to know. Don't make your boast in something else but the Lord and the Lord and Lord. I will glory in the Lord. Amen? Amen. You better watch what you boast in. You better watch what you boast in. Let's move on. David says, I, will, I sought the Lord, and he's prayed, and he's praised the Lord, right? He's boasted in his heart, God and God alone, nothing else. I will boast in the Lord. But there was more, more. Look at this in verse 3. David says in verse 3, glorify the Lord with me. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. You know what that is? That's being invitational right there, isn't it? That's an invite. You want to be, you want to experience the Lord we got to learn what it means to be invitational. Because a lot of our hurts individually and a lot of our hurts as a nation is because of uninviting experiences. Did you know that? Racism, that's, that's a form of being uninvited based on race. You can't come here because of your race. Sexism, a great hurt in America, well, you can't do this or that because you're a woman, right? Uninviting experiences. Even in the church, there can be this toxic exclusion based on background, socioeconomic status, the way you look, things like that. That's just harmful. And when David says here, glorify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name, I don't think he cares about race or gender or socioeconomic status or background. He says, let the afflicted Hear and rejoice. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, the poor, the oppressed, whatever. David doesn't care. He's just saying, whoever's willing, come and let's glorify the Lord together. I want you. God wants you. And that's the way we got to be if we're really going to seek the Lord. We got to be invitational just like that. And we got more tools than David ever dreamed of having, right? We can text invites, email invites, make phone calls. These are things, share social media posts. We got so many things we can do to be invitational. That's what David was doing here. He's being invitational, and that's a crucial way of living this life, experiencing the Lord. But let's keep going. Let's look at verse 4 again. David says, I sought the Lord. Now, we got to pause here for a second because this verb, sought, in the Hebrew means to seek carefully, to actually investigate with thinking, to do some purposeful Searching. When David says, I sought the Lord, he's like, I really sought carefully what he wanted me to do. I didn't want to act rashly and go kill the king of Gath and kill the people of Gath and wage war and not do something stupid. I sought carefully what the Lord wanted me to do. And let me tell you something. We need to be into investigating with thinking. We need to do some purposeful searching ourselves. We need to seek carefully because right now, I think there's a whole lot of not seeking carefully going on. You know what that leads to? That leads to being misled. I was reading an article called Learning to Discern by Pastor James Emery White. 
And this article gives some helpful, I mean helpful tips for seeking carefully. I want to share some of them with you because it has everything to do with this verb, I sought. And the first thing he says is if you really are into seeking carefully what the Lord what you want what, what the Lord wants you to do, if you're really interested in seeking carefully, then the first thing you gotta do is ask yourself what the scriptures have to offer your search. So prayer, praise, boasting in the Lord, being invitational, but obviously finding what the Lord wants you to do in the scriptures is key in seeking the Lord. Whenever I'm making a financial decision, political choice decision, relationship decision, I want to filter that decision through the lens of Scripture. And if I don't know what the Scriptures have to offer that search, I want to get people around me that have a biblical worldview and run it by them and see if they know of anything. But the foundation, the Psalms even say, Psalm 119, 105, the, the Word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. It is our guidance and direction. We want to filter our seeking through his word. Always. That has to be the foundation. Second thing this article says, I love this. If you're really into seeking carefully, then you need to own your personal biases. Own your personal biases. In other words, be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself about what are you hoping to find to be true? What are you hoping to find to be justified and validated? And this hit so home with me when I read this because there was, there was a time in my life where I was like seeking justification and seeking validation for the lifestyle I was living. And would you believe I could find it on the internet? Did you know that the internet is the biggest enabler in world history? Did you know that? Oh, you, you want to find, you want this to be validated and justified? You can find, whatever you're looking for support, you can find it on the internet, believe me. And so if you want to guard against that and really be well-informed on, on what you're seeking, then just be honest. This is what I'm hoping to find to be true. This is what I'm hoping to be validated and justified. Share that with some trusted brothers and sisters of Christ, the people that you know have, have your best interest in the heart, okay? Own your personal biases. Because you can find justification just, just for just about anything out there. Third, I love this one too. If you're, if you're really into seeking carefully, doing purposeful searching, then look into multiple takes. Read, listen, watch, you know, whatever it is, multiple takes, especially when it comes to key events. Now, let me just say this. How dumb. Would it be for me to stand up here or even for Hess to stand up here and go, you know, when we, when we deliver sermons, you know, all we do is we look at this one commentary and this one commentary only. This commentary is the only one that has the real truth and that's the only real take and that's the only commentary I'll ever look at when preaching a sermon. No. When we put together sermons, we look at the multiple commentaries. We look at what other pastors have to say. We look at multiple articles, and we filter that through the lens of Scripture, right? That's wise. That's seeking carefully. But let me tell you something. Somehow, some way, somehow, some way, we have gotten to this point in our culture where people will tell you, or they at least told me, like, uh, only this one news station has the real take. 
It's almost gotten to the point where if I tell somebody, some people that are close to me, that if I, if I watch multiple news stations, it's like I'm labeled a heretic. It's like I'm not even a Christian because I'm not watching this one news station. Stop it. It's okay to look into multiple takes, filtering it through the lens of Scripture. Even the article, brother, if you're looking to make a choice, you're seeking information medically, and you know, and, and you go to your doctor, which you should do. But what's wrong with getting a second opinion? What's wrong with looking into what WebMD, Cleveland Clinic, Mayo Clinic, these some of these mainstream sites like that? What's wrong with looking into that? Nothing. You're trying to make an informed decision. You're doing purposeful searching, okay? It's very, very wise to look into multiple takes and say, well, this one thing only has it. The only thing that, ha- that has it is this, right? It's okay to look at multiple resources. Next. Become informed about credentials. Become informed about credentials. Somehow we got into this point where it's like, you know what, I'm seeking carefully, but since you agree with me, since you're validating what I want to be validated, yeah, I don't care what your credentials are. Let me tell you something, credentials matter. So if someone says, you know, I got the cure uh, for COVID or something like that, well, what kind of doctor are you? That's what the article brings out. Are you an immunologist? Are you some other kind of doctor? I'm a, I got the cure for cancer. What kind of doctor are you? Are you an oncologist? Are you some other kind of doctor? Ask questions. What was your process? What were your sources? What do other people in your profession say? I'm telling you, credentials matter. Because again, we just dismiss it as long as they agree with us, right? Look into credentials. If you're really interested in seeking carefully, again, filtering it through the lens of Scripture, become informed about credentials. Now back to verse 4, our main verse. David says this. David says, I sought, which means carefully investigating with thinking, purposeful searching, what the Lord wanted me to do. And he answered me. Do you know there's no such thing as seeking the Lord and he doesn't answer you? Did you know that? If you're seeking the Lord, he will answer you. His timing's not always our timing. Sometimes his answer's yes, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's not yet. Sometimes it's like, you know what, I prayed and prayed and prayed about this, and it's not until five, ten years down the road that I realized, oh yeah, he answered that a long time ago, i just now seeing it. He always responds to his children. He loves responding to his children. He invites you to seek him, and he will always answer, always. David says, I sought the Lord. And God answered me. And then look at this. And he, God, delivered me from all my fears. Mm. David didn't deliver David, did he? This wasn't pulling himself up by the bootstraps, willpower, things like that. No, God delivered him. And that word delivered that you see there on, on, in the verse, that's a, that's a word that's a real theme in Psalm 34. And when I think about deliverance today or something being delivered today, you know what I think about? I think about Amazon, <laughs> FedEx, UPS, those things that, you know, I order and they, they wrap it up in the warehouse. They put it on the truck and they deliver it to my doorstep. We're all tracking. When's it going to be delivered? When's it going to be delivered, right? When David says, God delivered me, it's really about God taking your heart to the warehouse. And wrapping up things that are hindering your heart. 
like fear and anxiety, lack of trust, those things, and delivering those things out from you. It's not always, when you're seeking the Lord, he's not always going to deliver you out of the situation. Yeah, he delivered David out of the situation, but let's be real here. That was just one king that wanted to kill him. He was still in a situation where King Saul was after him. His situation was still difficult. What David is saying here is God wrapped up the fear in my heart and took it out. So you too, when you're seeking the Lord and you're praising him and praying and boasting the Lord, just remember what God might want to do is he might want to take your heart to the warehouse, package up things that are hindering your walk with him and deliver it out. Not the situation, but your heart. I always remember that. So David said, I sought the Lord. How did David seek the Lord? Well, he, he prayed, he praised, he boasted, he invited, he sought what the Lord wanted him to do to filter that through what God said, his word, right? And when we seek the Lord like that, in this example in Psalm 34, when we seek the Lord like that, you know where we're going to end up? <laughs> we're going to end up like verse 8. You're going to end up saying, taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. I'm going to go ahead and move us into a time of invitation, but I want you to focus on he delivered me from all my fears. He delivered me from all my fears. If the band will come back up. Remember, what we ultimately fear, what a lot of people ultimately fear is the things like shame and guilt and condemnation and wrath and death and things like that, right? I want you to know that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that he took all the condemnation for you on the cross. He died on the cross so that you might live unto him, right? He took all the shame, all of God's wrath. He took all of that so that you can live this life proclaiming like David that he delivered me from all my fears. And so if you want that deliverance right there, to know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, in order to bring reconciliation between you and him, to have a relationship with him. And you no longer have to fear death, no longer have to fear condemnation, shame and guilt and all those things. You put your trust in him. He is your deliverer. And so if there's anyone here, anyone watching that says, yeah, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to make him my Lord and Savior. I want that deliverance. Then you text 97, you text SHBC next to 97,000. I love it. So let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. Text SHBC next to 97,000. Or if you want more information about our church or want to join this church body and seek the Lord together, you can do the same thing as well. And we'll get in touch with you. Well, let's pray. And then we're going to have one more worship song. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you invite us to seek you. And Lord, when we say we seek you, we know that you're not hiding. Thank you for that. You are here. You are near. You are in us, with us, all around us. Lord, you are here and we thank you for that, Lord. So Lord, I pray that we will just gain wisdom and what it really means to seek you. Knowing you are with us. Knowing that it's your guidance and direction that ultimately matters. Help us, Lord, to to get better, Lord, and just talking these matters out with you and with others, praying about them, praising your name, boasting in our hearts that you and you alone are superior nothing else. Help us to make our boast in you and be invitational while we do it. So, Lord, I pray that you strengthen us in this, 
We love you. I pray your comfort and your strength on every heart here, everyone that's uh, listening or watching online as well. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.